You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Wednesday, July 7th. And today, as usual on Wednesdays, we've got D9 Pietro and Josh Axelrod. We're going to bring them on the show. They wanted to say a few things about Devin Bush, uh, so, you know, finishing off that topic and say some things to the people they talked to in the Facebook group for Locked On Steelers. And we'll answer an essential question. Who is the Steelers' number one receiver? And do they actually need a number one receiver with all the talent they've got in that group? All right here on today's Locked On Steelers episode, which you can get both free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey. Be sure to download us anywhere podcasts are hosted. Also, rate us five stars, a positive comment, and you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Let's get into it. So yesterday, we spent an inordinate amount of time with Tony Serino addressing the Devin Bush tweets and all the things. We're not going to spend too much time talking about it today. But both of our guests were very, not adamant, but outspoken about the importance of addressing that video and what was said in, or what was what was shown in that video and what it means to share videos like the video with, that Devin Bush shared on his Twitter account, which I talked about all yesterday with Tony Serrano, go check that episode out, but also about the cat that, uh, it was a cat that fell like several stories in an apartment complex and hit the ground pretty hard and was paralyzed in its hind legs. Um, and with that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, anger at Devin Bush. Why would you post that? And, uh, and it, he, he was retweeting a video that someone else did, but basically all that's what happened there. Right. And so there was a lot of outrage and there was a lot of, you know, and I explained yesterday, like, I, I think it was the dumbest. It was so stupid for him to do. I think that this guy needs to needed to delete it immediately. Um, Twitter took the video down itself, um, but I felt like, yeah, he was way out of line for doing it. But I also felt like the people that are saying, I hope he, you die, are going way overboard. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there's there was an overreach from some Steelers fans out there. But again, you guys heard my opinion. I want to talk to Josh because, Josh, you've been a spirited, uh, a spir- a spirited debater on this on the, about about this video both on Twitter and in Facebook. Yes, uh, no, uh, made me angry. I, uh, I'm a cat owner. I have owned for most of my life and I just don't have the ability to be objective about this sort of thing. And I just wanted to take a quick second and say, I know I got into it on the Locked on Steelers Facebook page this morning with one of our valued fans. He felt I crossed the line and I, want to apologize for getting a little too heated because I did not appreciate the way that he was approaching the conversation and I should be more professional than that. But I will say I, this is not an issue with two sides to me. So I, any real attempt to defend the video or Devin Bush posting it really just sets me off. And I stick by that part, but yes, I, I apologize for my lack of professionalism when it came to that conversation. And someone at the Steelers just needs to sit Devin Bush down and give him a stern talking to. 
And that's all I really have to say on the matter at this point. I would agree with that. That's the, and I, I agree with you on, there's really no debate about the posting of this video. Um, Chris, you're right. I mean, in, in terms of, there are some polarized, imagine that, polarized opinions on something. Yeah. Ooh. Of, you know, oh, it's harmless. And, and, you know, even if, and if you don't like cats or whatever, it's harmless. Who cares what he posts? You don't have to look at it. And there's other people that are like, kill him. Mm. Okay. What needs to happen is somewhere in the middle. Posting something like that as entertainment is not defendable. No. You cannot defend that mm -hmm. okay in my eyes in josh's eyes obviously we and and we're not even i'm i'm not even coming across that just as a cat owner i would think the same of any animal that was in the, it would be in that video okay so that's the thing that to me then needs to be addressed and this is where i just feel like somewhere in the middle Okay, you know, he doesn't need to be cut. He doesn't need to right now. He doesn't need to be, you know, ostracized. There are going to be people that look at him differently, and that's their absolute right. But the Steelers' social media team needs to shut him down for a while because it's not just the cat video. He is on another planet right now. And then, and all, all honestly, someone unless he is absolutely just deliberately trolling everybody, which is also a possibility, someone needs to have a talk with him and see if he's okay. And if he's not okay, get him help. Okay. Mental health is ostracized too much. And, you know, mm -hmm. we all made, we all at some point in time made fun of AB. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if there's a mental health issue there, if there is find out and help the guy. Okay, so that we can stop this and stop what could end up being an unwanted distraction. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants that. So yeah. I'd say let's coach the <laughs> coach Devin Bush to not be posting things like that and then see if he's okay. And if he's okay, he's okay. And and he was if he was just being a jerk, he's just being a jerk. But if he's got some other issue that needs to be dealt with, get him the help he needs. Yeah, I mean, again, bottom line for me. It was dumb. I, I also think it's important to remember this guy's 22 years old. And like, I know it's a, the internet is aged differently now, but I just think back, back about all the things that when I was 22 and like YouTube was still like not new, but still fresh, all the crazy things that I would see. And I'm like, my gosh, the internet is in a crazy place. Um, I, I, it, it like it was, was, was it, and this is sad, I guess, because of the day we're age. Like when I saw the cat fall, I'm like, wow, that's sad. But like, it didn't shock me because I'm so used to seeing dumb things posted on the internet and just people posting crazy things. And so I was like, wow, like, you know, and, and, and it's not that I did, I wasn't like, like, man, Devin should take that down. It was more like, like, like this is kind of what gets posted on YouTube a lot and, or, or, or just social media in general. It's something that I, that I, that I you know, I grew up with. So, um, I think I think there's a lot of stuff that gets again. There's a lot of things about you know content and you know what's acceptable. But the bottom line is that uh, he's trip. He was tripping with that with that tweet and with that retweet of that video. Um, and uh, we'll see. But you know the people that are screaming like you know I had a guy saying that you know one of the Steelers cutting him. I'm like that yeah no. can't, that, that ain't happening. Yeah, um, let, let, let me let me just say real quick. I don't think we need to cancel Devin Bush. Right. I just think. I just think we need to talk to him and yeah. explain why like, that was calm, wrong. And calm that down. 
Yeah, and and and, and I also I just want to add that everything Chris said about the disproportionate responses to that tweet mm -hmm. to die cut him like that's yeah super True. messed up and obviously obviously yeah there's just a lot more going on and it just got me angry. Uh, that, that, that's totally fine. We understand the passion. We're gonna take a quick break. We come back. We got to talk about the Steelers receivers because there's an interesting question I thought about. Which receiver is the number one? And do they even need one? We'll talk about these receivers right after we get to talk to our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL is done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter, here with the agency. We've got Dean and Pietro from Channel 11 WVXI and Josh Axrod of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Now, getting to the actual football talk, I, I wonder what you guys would say. Because everyone's talking about the debate. The, the debate will continue to rage on until one is solidified by the end of the season. Who is the Steelers' number one receiver? But before we even get to that, my question to both of you is, do you think the Steelers even need a, wide, a number one wide receiver? It doesn't matter what I think. Good job, D. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I just wasn't responding for that exact reason. <laughs> but <laughs> I do not think the Steelers actually need one. I don't think they had one last year. I think like their top two guys were kind of close statistically. Yes. And so I don't think you need like an Antonio Brown with all the stats and then like a bunch of tier two guys. If you've got, if you're spreading the ball around, first of all, that's better for you and for your team and your mm -hmm. offense. Mm -hmm. And so to have a genuine labeled number one is not actually an absolute necessity. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree with this. Josh? Yeah, I kind of would like the Steelers to have a number one wide receiver. I It doesn't make a huge difference, I don't think, in the hierarchy of the offense, because the hierarchy is always just going to be Ben and everyone else anyway. But I don't know. It might be good for the wide receiver room, and we always talk about it, but it just might be good in terms of them figuring out their own stuff together to like have a clear leader in the room. And I kind of like the guy, that guy to be Juju just because he's the longest tenured stealer. He has been here through some very tumultuous times in Steelers land. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that he's the most talented guy on the team because I'd argue that Deontay and Claypool are both more talented than him. 
but those guys are young and they need a mentor. And in terms of number, usually I think when we think of number one, I think we think of talent. But in this case, I think I'm thinking of it more from a, a leadership perspective and as a guy who can be there when the younger guys have questions and that's got, it's gotta be Juju. So yeah, I, I, I'd like in a couple of years if that guy is either Deontay or Claypool. But for now, I think it would be great if it was In a couple of years, it's going to have to be someone besides Juju. If he's using this year just to get a big deal somewhere, he's going to be gone. So you're going to have to have somebody emerging as that leader anyway. Mm -hmm. And I don't know know, enough personally about Claypool or Deontay to know which one of them could be that leader. But at the end of the day, it's probably going to be one of them. Um, I'm pretty sure I said – uh, when they re-sign Juju, that Juju comes in the number one receiver, but he's going to be the number three receiver when the season's over. Mm-hmm. I stick to That's that. kind of the hope. That's kind of the hope, I think. I, I, Juju is going to be the number one in terms of leadership all season, like I said, but in terms yes. of talent, I would love if Deontay and Claypool both unquestionably surpass him by the end of the season. With I mean, with Claypool, it's just all about keeping his focus, it seems, which seem, I, I think I, I think it'll be okay. And Deontay, it's all about not dropping balls. Like, I think it's that simple with him. So, we'll so is, your number, is your number one receiver mm-hmm. the guy who's catching the long touchdown passes and is the game breaker? Or is it the guy that catches 95 balls and all the third down plays in the first well, down? Who's your number one? Well, yeah, you're saying is it Santonio or Hines? That's the comparison I wanted to go to because there was no doubt that Hines Ward was the leader of that Mm -hmm. wide receiver group and arguably even the leader of that offense when they last won that Super Bowl in 2008. You you could say that he was the guy that people rallied around, but Santonio Holmes was the better talented receiver of that group and you saw that all throughout that season you know and Heinz always came through in, in tough moments mm-hmm. but Santonio that year time after time big touchdown after big touchdown after big touchdown even before the playoffs and then I mean I still say to this day if it wasn't for Larry Fitzgerald having what is still statistically the best receivers playoff run in the history of the NFL um in one playoff in one playoffs uh you know run uh Santonio Holmes would have been the best player of those playoffs because he, in the Chargers division game in the playoffs, he returned the, the punt for a touchdown that sparked the, the Steelers getting back into that game. He had the crazy broken run catch, you know, a, you know, against the Ravens in the AFC championship game, the only offensive yeah. touchdown in that game. And he was undoubtedly the best, the, the, the only thing cooking on offense in the Super Bowl um, and had arguably the greatest catch of all time in the Super Bowl. So right. You know, but say Tony, no, but there's not a single person would have said, oh, he was the leader of of that group. And, you know, and maybe you don't say he's the number one. Maybe you say he's the number two. Either way, he certainly was talented. But this is why I pose this question, because Juju reminds me of Heinz Ward. You know, he's he, he's he's strong enough to hit. He does hit. He catches in traffic. He can work out the slot. Um, he could do all those things. Not the fastest, but he's tough. Um, and he can break away from you because he because he works hard. Chase Claypool got the speed, got the size, goes up and gets it. Those are prototype A1 receivers. I mean, he has the build to be like, you know, Mike Evans, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss. Like, like that's that's his build. Deontay Johnson built closer to Santonio Holmes. Um, and, and James Washington, who isn't in this mix, obviously, but he would be a guy you'd sit there and you would not be mad if he was your number two. 
So the question is James Washington is like the biggest luxury like a football team can have. Yeah. Yeah. But the question then becomes does your team need to have that one guy that you know? Because because here's the here's what it comes down to is oftentimes that guy, that number one guy, you drop a play for him in the biggest moments. Like A B on Christmas when he gets the ball and he puts it over the goal line and does that crazy play. Yeah, that's that's what you want out of that number one guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to have that reliable factor, right, Dean? Absolutely. So if Santonio San and Hines are your receivers in that Baltimore game, who is that play designed for? Mm. Mm. I mean, I, 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 have to, I, have, I have to say, I have to say Holmes. Sorry, oh, go interesting. Ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I would have said I would have said Hines for almost all short yardage situations. But I mean, remember um, Holmes had that one play uh, against the Ravens in Baltimore where he caught he the ball at like the tippy tippy tip of the goal line, like uh, that stuff. That stuff that they and Hines would fight. I think Hines would be more physical to run through that play, but Holmes might get so much separation it wouldn't matter. Um, I just point, but point being, outside of that, looking at this group. To me, this isn't going to be about – this isn't going to be about, you know, that they like us. This is going to be about who, who does step up and make full plays and get, get open and becomes that reliable guy for Ben. I, I do wonder if Ben reverts to the style of play that he had with Antonio Brown because for the longest time, when he was in trouble, where's A.B.? I'm getting it there. That was that was that was a, a a saving grace that he had without AB there last year. And I said this all throughout their ten game win streak. For the first seven games, they had a they had a different leading receiver. You know, this, this one game it was Eric Ebron, then it was James Washington, then it was Juju, then it was Chase Claypool, then it was Deontay Johnson. You know, they they kept finding different guys to lead the team in receiving and to become the primary target, so nobody could lock on to what they did, and that's extremely important to what this offense I think can be and it may mean there is no definitive number one receiver and I think that's perfectly fine yeah. I agree I mean give I, give, I, give those defensive coordinators something to think about with no matter who they're trying to cover mm-hmm. again I, I just like a number one for leadership purposes on the field I whoever's hot, hot on a given week go for it I feel you we're going to take one more quick break we come back we're gonna keep we're, we're gonna stay along the lines of this topic more receiver talk here on the pittsburgh steelers but first we're gonna to talk to our friends at bill park you need a snack that's gonna both help you get through the rest of your day but also be good for you that's where built bar comes in Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy. And also, don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 
and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with D9 Pietro and Josh Axelrod. And with, with me, Chris Carter, we make CIA the agency on our Wednesdays here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Okay, so following up this point, Chase Claypool was a touchdown machine last year. Does, would it be scoring that would make you the number one? Because here's the thing, and Josh, you've been, you've been a very, you've been, you've been very, you've been, you've been one of the people that have been on Juju's side in all the debates about who he is and, you know, what he's supposed to be, or, you know, whether he's a leader or not and people that have doubted him, but you've always been a guy who's been, who've been positive about what he brings to the Steelers and last year he was the clutch guy like Ben even said when it was third down I got it to that guy because I had to find him somewhere because he was going to make the tough catch but if if Chase Claypool's the scoring man is that going to make him the guy especially if Claypool is able to work on those routes while also continuing to be the speed demon that goes and that beats people deep I would love if Claypool had more four touchdown games I mean, imagine <laughs> being a Steelers player, coach, fan, and being like, I want Chase I want Chase Claypool to be worse than Juju. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I want all of our receivers to be as good as they could possibly be. And if that outcome is Claypool asserts himself uh, towards the middle or end of the season, that's probably optimal, honestly. And I bet Juju would love that. Like, I don't think Juju's out there trying to, like, suck up all the oxygen the way Antonio Brown did. I think he's, I think he seems like a guy at least who wants what's best for the team and everyone around him. And I don't think he's going to be mad if Tay and, and Claypool end up earning more touches is he'll probably be happy for them. And he'll, I mean, I know he's on a contract year, but I also think that like, he'll get his like Ben knows and trusts Juju. They have a rapport. Ben's still developing that with Deontay and Claypool, but yeah, if Deontay and Claypool surpass them and Juju helps them like make a playoff run, that's still reflects well on him and i yeah no give me all your clay pool four touchdown games i will take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean obviously yeah i think um like i said it's a matter of your big play receiver and your reliable receiver and you know you got deontay somewhere in the middle there and um i mean i can see chase Claypool emerging as the deep threat big play star of this team. And I can see Juju being the guy that converts every third down for you. <laughs> and those are both great things, great things to have. And occasionally Juju is going to break one of those across the middle, like Antonio Brown used to. And so to that end, I mean, again, it's just a matter of what's a number one, you know, what's the number one in, in the view of, um, of the fans, but, I don't necessarily agree, Josh, that it's not going to matter to Juju. He's not going to be like AB was, where if I don't get my five touches and 50 yards, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk to the media after the game, even if we win, because I'm mad I didn't get my touches. Juju's not going to do that, I don't think. But even if it's behind the scenes, dude is playing for a contract. He wants and needs numbers to get that contract like it or not. So um, I think if the numbers aren't there for him, 
might be a little bit on the disgruntled side, but again, not as bad as we've seen from others. But I don't think he'll be completely happy. I see your point. Like, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I mean, if we're operating under the assumption that Juju's out next year, no matter what, anyway, like, it doesn't really matter. I, I will also say that the ability for Claypool and Johnson to really maximize their potential really depends on Ben's noodle arm more than <laughs> their own talent to a certain extent. I don't know how deep Ben can still throw a football just after his surgery and what he showed toward the end of the season. I mean, he season. did hit him for an 84-yard touchdown, and, and at the end of the season, he, uh, I, I still say the problem was that he tried not to throw the deep ball at the end of the year. when In that Colts game, when he was throwing it underneath, they were trash. When he thought of throwing it deep, they beat the, they beat the snot out of the Colts. That's I, true. I, I just – I don't uh, – that, okay. that, that's one of my biggest misnomers. That's, that's why I like say, to hear. Say, wait, when people say he can't throw the deep ball, he can't throw the deep ball like he used to, but right. he can still throw the deep ball. Right. Well, this it's is not... but this is just me. Sorry, I'm just gonna say this is just me observing as a fan. I Understand. genuinely couldn't. I genuinely tell if it was because he couldn't do it or if they weren't letting him. And I, if he can do it, then Deontay and Claypool could go nuts this year. And if he can't, then it's probably gonna be a big juju year because he's gonna get all the underneath stuff and hopefully, hopefully break some tackles. And what was it his rookie year where he had that like? It was like Ben was at the goal line, I think, against the Broncos and. He took like a like a twenty yard pass, like ninety seven yards or something like mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. Gigi's got yep. that in him. He he so, he, uh, he, he, he did he's it. He's got he, a little Odell about him. That's all I'm saying. He he did uh he did it his rookie year against the Lions, and then he did his second Lions. year against the Broncos. But you were right. He did it, he did it twice. Right. Um, he's got that in him. He, he and that's the thing. Like Juju definitely can. And it's, and it's sneaky burners, like, because he don't look like he can run away from people, but he obviously runs away from people. Um, again, I, I, Deontay Johnson, most explosive out of his, out of, out of his cuts. That's, that's a, he has to catch the ball. Juju's mm-hmm. still that reliable guy. I just, I, I see this team, if they're going to run the ball more this year, there's, they, there's going to be a lot less touches spreading around, and that could make things difficult. I think it could get really challenging for them, but I also think that this team, I think that Josh is on to something and I agree, Dean, it's not like Juju is some, is some saint. That's like, ah, you could throw to me never and I'd be okay. Like, like it's, just, <laughs> it's nothing along those lines. That wasn't it's, what I was saying either. <laughs> right. But, but he, I think the Antonio Brown obviously didn't like it when he didn't get the ball. I mean, the, um, you know, like, you know, like there's the famous clip of when uh, when one of the players scored or one of the players scored and someone asked Antonio Brown why he wasn't celebrating with them. And he was like, because we were losing. And they were like, no, you, you were winning, A.B. Like you just are you just tied yeah. the game. You just tied the game. And he was like, yeah, what? Um, so, like, there are I don't think that Juju is the head case problem that A.B. is one. You also recognize Juju comes from what looks like a very nice family who took care of him, loved him, raised him, sent him off to college. AB came from a rough lifestyle. Like that dude was bouncing around from people on people's couches as a kid. When he was in high school, he didn't have a consistent place to stay. When you like that and then you get to 
the, col- the college world and you're told you're a superstar that you get be- you become a star and you get all this money you're going to have values and and you know part it acts acts and mannerisms that people aren't going to identify with because they don't know what that's like and frankly you know it's tough to make those kind of adjustments in your life when you go from nobody cared about you to everyone wants something from you you know it's it's not an easy transition to just snap into so uh, and not to make excuses for what ab became but the point being i think juju is in a much better situation to absorb those issues and be like, you know, I don't need to get, get this ball right here. As long as the team is moving the ball and scoring. And Juju said it himself. And these are the words he said, if we're winning, everybody eats. Yes. He did say that. So hopefully he believes that. Hopefully he does. And I hope he stays true to that. Um, but at the end of the day, when it comes to what the stat lines are going to be at the end of the season, I think just in terms of not leadership, but stats, I think it's going to be Claypool, Johnson, Juju. The Steelers will be, will be better off if that's the case. Okay. Like the Steelers will be in a better place almost certainly if what Dean just described is the case. I foresee, um, I foresee that there being – Claypool's going to be the guy that gets the majority of the, the, the yards and, and touchdowns. He'll be that number one guy. But I also think it'll be a lot, it'll be a lot closer than most years. Because if you remember, go, go back and look at some of those A.B. years. Mm-hmm. It oh, was yeah. A.B., Le'Veon Bell, all the way down and receiving. Like, look at receiving yards. You'd be like, A.B., Le'Veon Bell. And then Mortavis Bryant, like 700 yards away. You know, mm-hmm. like – I don't think it'll be a 700 yard difference, but I do think he's going to be on another level as far as what uh, Chase Claypool is my guy. I think he's all of our guys to be the number one receiver for the Steelers. But again, and I think we all agree here, they don't necessarily need one. Will they have three 1,000 yards receivers? No, that won't happen. Probably not. The, but that, also, that, I bet you, I bet you when the biggest catches of the season come down, it's going to be Juju and James Washington. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, James is a tough dude. He can go up and get those. And don't forget, Najee Harris catches the ball. So right. there's that too. Yeah, that's true. Guys, this was a fun show. Thanks so much for making time and coming out here. Dean, as always, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Find me on I and I am Dean16 on Twitter and in the Locked on Steelers face group, Facebook group, unless you hate me. <laughs> Josh, same to you. Well. You guys know I'm in the Lockdown Steelers Facebook group. I promise to be cooler there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jaxelberg with an H. You can find my work on uh, postgazette.com. And just a quick uh, announcement, I got engaged this weekend. And congratulations so to, to you, Josh. Congratulations. Thank you. That's so awesome. feel free to send me your well wishes is all I'm saying. The more the better. <laughs> he means hit up his Venmo. Uh- <laughs> I, I didn't say that, Chris. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Locked On Steelers. But I am Chris Carter, the host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Remember, if you're subscribing to us, you can do so on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the app Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. 
when you when you download us and also rate us five stars with a positive comment and you get a shout at the end of the show thanks again for listening back in your ears tomorrow talking more on your Steelers also don't forget fantasy draft Friday this week we're going to have the yins hers podcast competing who's gonna who's gonna win we're gonna be doing all-time Steelers receivers so we're gonna be revisiting some of these discussions on Steelers receivers then it's gonna be an exciting week here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast